Hey, Greyhounds fans. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Hounds Huddle podcast on moraviansports.com, the Greyhound Sports Network, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am LJ Smith, Assistant Director of Athletic Communications here at Moravian University. And on this episode, I sat down with head golf coach and Moravian alum, Kevin Edwards. Kevin and I discussed his days as a student athlete, concluding with his 12th year as the head coach of the Moravian Greyhounds golf program. So let's get this episode underway and meet our guest, Kevin Edwards. And thank you again for joining us on the Greyhound Sports Network, moraviansports.com, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I have Kevin Edwards, the head men's golf coach here at Moravian University, also an alum of Moravian College as myself. It's kind of still weird getting used to the whole college-university transition for me. I don't know about you, but... Uh, I still find myself saying college once in a while. Yeah, it's, I'm <laughs> yeah. used to it, so yeah, it's, it's different. Um, so thank you for joining me and sitting down and kind of having the opportunity to reflect back on the past season, but also your career and what got you to Moravian as a student athlete, but now also as a, a coach going into your 13th season at the helm of the squad. So thank you for taking some time with me here, Kevin. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me, LJ. All right. So let's get into it. Was golf the first sport you, you played? How did you kind of get involved in that? Was there any other sport that kind of drew your interest? Um, well, growing up, I, grew, I played mostly three sports, played okay. golf, basketball, and baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, golf, I got into probably latest, probably okay. when I was 13, 14. And then coming to Moravian, I met Bernie Story, the old director of admissions at a golf tournament one time, and talked to Coach Makovic. And I had the opportunity, I knew I could play golf here. Playing at Saucon Valley was a good draw, going down the Way Hill mm-hmm. um, was, was interesting. And I also was able to walk on and play basketball here for a few years. So um, I got to have two of my passions and, and you know, stay in shape and make a lot of friends that way by being on two teams. And mm-hmm. um, I was always busy, so it was uh, definitely a good choice for me to be involved with, with two, uh, two sport programs and, and, and get the college experience that way. So you're, you're growing up and you're playing these three sports. You, you mentioned you picked golf up late. So what was that like in high school? Did you, was there a golf team for your high school? Did you kind of just play on the, uh, on the side, have lessons? What did that look like? Um, we did have a golf team. Uh, my freshman year, I still played football. Okay. Um, and then I broke a couple bones and decided that wasn't for me anymore. And I wasn't getting any bigger. So um, I went to golf my sophomore year. So I kind of got into comp- competitive golf a little later. Okay. Especially then. Um, when I was in high school, there weren't a lot of junior tours, all that stuff going on. So it was it was hard to play a lot of competitive golf. You played mostly against adults. So okay. you had to figure it out quick or else you really got beat pretty bad. So just going through that process, I grew up working at Green Pond, which is in Bethlehem, which got me around a lot of guys. I played with some other guys that went to uh, Division One schools. Uh, two went to Seton Hall, so I played a lot of golf with those guys. So just playing with those guys and learning, and um, I knew I could play here, um, and it was just a, a good experience and made a lot of good friends while I was here at school too. Were you recruited? Uh, you, you alluded to meeting the director of admissions. What was that like kind of getting drawn to Moravian? Obviously, you mentioned playing at Way Hill. That's a gorgeous course, and it's a nice draw here. But anything else that kind of stuck out to you about Moravian? Were there any other schools that were interested? Um, I looked at a couple. I was looking at Bloomsburg and Shippensburg at the time, okay, because um, I was going into accounting, and those were, they had two strong programs for that. But basically, I got drawn here. Um, I did have a history here. A couple of my cousins went here. Mm. I used to go to football games here when I was eight, nine, ten years old. I remember going on on Rocco Calvo Field and um, hanging out. So I didn't know then that I'd be coming to Moravian, but yeah. I did have a, a pass of the, of the school, the community feel, the, the close family atmosphere at the school was a, was a big draw. I didn't want to go too far away from home. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in Nazareth, so I was 20, 25 minutes away from home, but I was still away from home. But if I wanted to jump back home, I could bring friends home. We could hang out at the house. and mm-hmm. So it was the best of both worlds for me that way. That's amazing. And you get to play under the legendary coach John Makovic. What was that experience like getting to go out on the course and learn from, from Coach Mack every day? Um, it was great. He was probably next to my father. He's probably the next person in line that was as close to a father that I could have in, in life. He's a great man, great teacher. He, he had rules, but he, he was still fun to, to be around. Uh, if he beat you once in a while, he'd remind you about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. he, I remember he had a scorecard hanging in his office for years that he beat me in nine holes by like three. He had a career round and shot like a 33, and I shot 36, and he, he had that bolt up there forever for me so <laughs> to remind me. So um, when I took over for him, it was uh, 
it was an honor to be asked. He had asked me a bunch of times to, to take over, and it finally fit in my, in my career that I had time that I could, could break away and do it. 43 years was a long time for him to be here and to fill those shoes was, is big. Very tall and task. It, very, yeah. But it, it was an honor to be, to be asked. Out of all the alumni that are still in the area, yeah. um, that, he, that he considered me for the position was, was a, a great honor. So your, your playing career here, what was it like competing at the Division three level? Because you did look at Division two schools. You played with D1 student-athletes as well. Did you notice a difference in the game? Because golf is very individual, also a team aspect to it. But did you notice anything different? Um, or is it kind of like it's the game of golf? Um, you're not going to see as deep a talent pool at Division three. I mean, the good players are good. I was probably an average player in college. I bloom more after college, okay. just like a lot of the players do. Yeah, I get more mature and, and learn things. But at the time when I was in school, we still play. We didn't play as many invitational as we do now. It was more just match based. So okay. you would go and play like two or three teams um, and play head to head basically against them. So it was a little different. Uh, we used to take uh, eight players to those. Okay. Compared to the five we take yep. now and take and count four, so you need to have a little bit deeper team. Yeah. Which was easier back then because not every school had there wasn't many golf programs per se, and they all didn't play great golf courses. Okay, uh, that's yeah. why That's why Moraven was a draw, because we played at Saucon. A lot of other places were playing at public golf courses, um, things like that, which now a lot of them play at private country clubs, so that's that's mm -hmm. kind of leveled the playing field a little bit. Yeah, that's and that draw with playing at Saucon Valley, having that connection is incredible, because that course is immaculate. And uh, to have, <laughs> have the, the opportunity and the connection with Moravian and Saucon Valley to play there. What was it like practicing there? Just like every day you're... It was, it was pretty awesome because when, um, when I came to school, that summer the Senior Open was at Saucon Valley wow. in 1992. Yeah. So I mean, we, play the op we play Way Hill, which is, is by some is considered the, the better of the three golf courses. Yeah. It's just not the tournament golf course. So to be there and you know, have the history there at the club and, and just knowing a lot of alumni, I mean... The way that was set up, I mean, Bethlehem Steel owned Wayhill at the time when we came, when I was in school, and when it was set up, when Coach Makovic, he met with a, a, a CEO, the, the Bethlehem Steel, and Martin Tower, which isn't here anymore yeah. either, and kind of went down the guidelines, and they said, yeah, well, you guys can do all that, and, wow. and there's how that happened. And we, uh, the first couple of years, it was, if you saw 12, 16 people out there, it was a lot of people on the golf course, because it was, um, the Saucon members had to pay extra to play it, Yeah, and they didn't pay the extra because it was a pretty big surcharge so it was basically just Bethlehem Steel people out there with uh, clients and making business deals so our, our rules were just stay away from anybody out there you know just yeah you know if they come up behind you get out of the way if don't don't rush up and hit into people and we'll get along so it was uh it was a nice experience mm -hmm. to be down there um and enjoy the facility that's incredible so thinking back uh, you mentioned it was more of a match play than the tournament or invitationals now. Any matches that stick out in your head that were um, memorable, whether good, bad, or, indi or indifferent for you? Memorable ones were <laughs> we were, uh, we only lost two in my whole career here. Wow. I think it was two, two or th maybe three. Um, and they were all the Division One schools. Okay. We lost to Lehigh twice and we lost to Widener once. Okay. But, yeah. we, but we also beat uh, Lehigh and a couple other Division One schools because uh, we had the, the Lehigh Valley Collegiate Cup. Mm. back then, which was us, Lehigh, Lafayette, and Muhlenberg played in an event. Okay. Um, and we won that two out of the four years. So um, that was kind of cool to be able to beat, you know, the Division One guys and, you know, because, you know, nothing against Division Three, but they always think they're, you know, Division One guys always think they're better than Division Three guys. It was nice to have, especially local bragging rights for that for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because um, obviously we weren't all being recruited and going places, so we just, um, but we played well as a team. We hung out a lot. Yeah, uh, just enjoyed. The biggest thing I think with the college golf scene is uh, the travel, because it's such a small group traveling too mm -hmm. that you get to really know each other a lot better. I mean, Absolutely. compared to a football team or a baseball team, which has a lot of a lot of players. I mean, they still know each other, but they're not. You know, we travel. We stay in a, a house now, or well, back then we were staying in a hotel room mm -hmm. for four guys or eight guys in two hotel rooms. So it was yeah, um, got to know each other pretty well. Absolutely, yeah. So you you finish up your playing career here. What was the next step for you? What was the path you wanted to take after Moravian? I decided pretty much, I think, between my sophomore and junior year. I liked accounting, but I, I couldn't see myself sitting in an office all day and, and doing that. So uh, I really considered going into the, the golf profession at that point. But I wanted to finish out my degree and get my business degree because I could use that anywhere in life down the road. So when I graduated, I entered the uh, which was then was the golf professional training program. Okay. Um, so that was three levels of classwork. 
that is a take, um, and then go get tested on. Um, and then that's how you enter your PGA membership. Okay. Um, so I had to go through all that process, and I got my membership in April of 2000. That's when I became okay. a PGA member. Um, so just basically going to work um, where I was working. I was at Southmore Golf Course at the time. We were having our invitationals there at that point. I just stayed there with uh, Jim Mushlitz uh, for a bunch of years, and I left there in the fall of uh, 2000 to go work at Lehigh Country Club. Okay. Um, which is a better opportunity, private country club, get some experience there. Um, and I was there for a little over four years. And during that time I was there, the golf coach at Muhlenberg College actually left um, to take another job with a, with a soccer, because he was a soccer coach also. Okay. Um, and the team actually recommended me, so I ended up coaching at Muhlenberg for two years as a, while well, I was an assistant pro at Lehigh, which was a great experience. The kids, you know, wanted me, so it was nice to do that. And we were able to, in the second year, we won the conference. Wow. Which was kinda, okay. Yeah. Um, which is amazing because the talent level on that team wasn't as strong as some of the teams I've had here at Moravian. Mm-hmm. It just depends on timing and absolutely who's good at the time. And because <laughs> uh, we beat you know Gettysburg, F and M, Swarthmore, McDaniel, they were all a uh, pretty strong team. So to win that was a was a nice accomplishment. That's um, incredible. But at that point, when I left Lehigh Country Club, then I went to Riverview. I opened Riverview and Easton. Okay. Um, at that point, I gave up coaching the golf teams. I just didn't have time. Or, or it was a little bit farther away. And during that time, too, I was coaching high school basketball for 10 years. Oh, wow. So just overlap yeah. like crazy. Yeah, just so gave, not having a down time, no, any downtime no, at all. I coached with guys I went to school with. So I, when I was in school here, I still started. I, after I gave up playing basketball here, I started coaching basketball at the freshman level. Okay. Um, locally at Freedom uh, with my old former high school coach. And then I moved around with some of those guys that I coached with. Uh, in the last two years, we were up in Penargel. So it wasn't for, the, uh, wasn't for money because I lived in Quakertown. Oh, so you're just I all over the place. I at Lehigh Country Club, and then I coached in Penargel. And, so, <laughs> and, then, you know, and then I drove home at night. Um, so it was, it, was, it was just for being around the guys and being around the sport. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of a sports junkie. I like watching sports and mm-hmm. still playing sports. And um, It's evolved with having kids. Absolutely. Coaching all their teams and, and being around them. And now I'm a, a booster club with my son's high school basketball team. So... So now I'm, always doing something, yeah. keeping yourself keep busy. myself busy. Yeah, that that downtime between uh, in high school between basketball and baseball, that one week was boring. Yeah, you didn't know what to do with yeah. yourself. Yeah. So, what was that experience like? You, you're coaching at the high school level for basketball. You're a club pro at a couple different courses. You're coaching at the co- uh, collegiate level. You finally take that step just to take over an open Riverview. Uh, what kind of led to that decision? Because that's a big project to take on, and it's a lot of work and, t- and time that goes into it. Your experiences led you to feel like you're ready to take that step? Um, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, it's something I was, I mean, I'm lucky enough in my career, I opened two golf facilities because mm-hmm. um, I was at Southmore with Jim Mushlitz when they opened. So I already had that background a little bit, okay. um, which I really think helped me get the Riverview job because it was brand new. We, we, I, got, I started there in March, and we didn't open until September. Okay. So I, had a, I, had a, I did a lot of the setup of the facility and, and everything else. So I think it's a, it was a great opportunity. I wanted to stay in the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, my family was all here. So to, to get a head position in the area was great. You know, and I was there for um, five years, which was, which was a good experience. And I got back into private a little bit for about eight years. And now I'm back in public again at, at Old Homestead. And I've been there. This is my sixth season there. So okay. my owners there really gave me the opportunity to coach. Mm-hmm. Give me the freedom, get away with the team, which is they they understand the the value in being in two different places and the promotion of Old Homestead with me being at Moravian and and Correct. vice versa. So um, I think it's a good good combination because uh, we can host we host events at Old Homestead. Correct, we did. We'll get to that that you know. wonderful uh, event of cold, sleet, and snow <laughs> <laughs> a little later. That was the on. whole spring this year. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was. Definitely not the the warmest spring you've had uh, during your tenure. When did you get the call from from Coach Mack to come in and take over the Moravian program? Multiple times. A <laughs> <laughs> um, couple times when I was at Riverview, it just didn't work timing wise. Okay. Uh, too much on my plate, really, and the ownership there wasn't as flexible. But then when I went to a, the other club, I went to, to Woodstone up in Danielsville, mm-hmm. um, and I he caught me in the middle of, of transitioning, so I could go in there and say, "Here, I'm going to be doing this also." Yeah. And if they were okay with it, it worked out. So he called me probably that winter, probably January, February, that he was going to retire after the spring. Okay. Um, and I, was, I came in as an associate 
kind of see what was going on, learn the learn what was going on, learn the behind the scenes kind of stuff a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then I took over the fall of the following year, um, which has been a great experience. You know, getting to know all the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, and now they're getting married and have kids and everything else. So it makes me feel a little older. So. <laughs> yeah. um, I felt old when the kids I was recruiting were, were born after I graduated from Ravian. Yeah, that, that like sinks in a little bit. bit but yeah. yeah. Um, but it's great. I mean, the kids are really good. We have a lot of supportive parents that come and watch the events. Past class with uh, Thomas, Will, and Nick, their parents were, if not all of them were there all the time. Mm-hmm. At least two or three of them were there. Um, so it's, it was a good group of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of them were all pretty good. I mean, stay in touch with them. So you, you take over the program, and at that time, was Moravian still in the MAC? When they you, were already transitioning to the, to the Empire, Empire Eight. Eight. So you they were a, they weren't a, they weren't affiliated at that point. Okay. So what was that experience like playing in the Empire Eight? Because primarily based out of what New York? It's based pr- primarily, yeah. So you're you're taking trips. Yeah, there were all some long trips. Yeah, I mean the, the only schools in Pennsylvania were Susquehanna and Scranton. Okay. They were all affiliates. I think the first year, I think Susquehanna might have won the conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second year, we were leading going. It was a weird count because we had a, a fall and a spring championship that was combined. Okay. So um, we were tied for the league going into the spring the second year, my first full year, and we were hosting at Woodstone at our home course. So that wasn't too well received by some of the coaches because okay. yeah. it happened two years in a row. Susquehanna hosted the year before, and they won. And, and, and now we were leading and we were hosting. But we didn't end up, we didn't end, we ended up not winning, but – we were playing against, you know, at that point, St. John Fisher from New York was a, a pretty much dominant team yeah. in the conference. You know, they were going to nationals every year. We finished second a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, we could have beat them. We just never tied it all together at that one time. Yeah, timing. Yeah, but it was a good experience. I got to know um, some of the coaches pretty well. Bob Sims from St. John Fisher was great. We probably butted heads a little bit early because he kind of thought it was his conference and you know, well, there's other schools in the conference. So um, through that, we've developed a, a, a pretty good friendship. He, he recommended me for some national committees, which I haven't done fully. I've been on the ranking committees and subcommittees. But, um, again, just time is, a, is an issue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with with two, two jobs and kids and everything else going on. So You're a part of the transition from the Empire 8 to Landmark Conference Golf. So what was that like, kind of being a little easier travel-wise? You're facing teams that are also in the athletic conference that the rest of the, the sports are facing. Did you notice a difference in competition level? Was it raised? The conference was deeper, okay. I would say, right away. Uh, where the Empire 8 was maybe two or three teams that were always going to compete. Um, definitely deeper. Still some long travel. I mean, Juniata's not close. Yeah. Catholic isn't, and some of the D.C. schools down that way. But it's nice being associated with the same conference, mm-hmm. um, just from a aspect of everybody knows who you're playing, and, you know, you're, you're playing the same as the basketball team or the baseball team, or, mm-hmm. um, so you're not the, kind of the outcast. Golf is kind of off campus all the time anyway, so we, we don't get as much love from the student body, I would say. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't come out and watch, or, or whether they know they can, that's sometimes. Or yeah, what, that's sometimes. Sometimes whether we – I don't know if we want them out there either because I don't know whether they – Etiquette-wise, yeah. How they can handle themselves on the golf course. But but other than that, it was a good transition. Of course, there was nobody that wanted to commit to be the golf chair the first couple years. So, of course, uh, yours truly ended up being the golf chair (laughs) the the first few years. So uh, I got an email from the Elizabethtown coach uh, at the time. Uh, He emailed me and said, yeah, if you want something done, ask a busy person. So that was was me. So so I stepped up and did that for the first couple years, which was a a learning curve. Overall, it's been a good experience. Uh, we'll have two more teams joining us uh, next fall, yeah. I believe, right? So um, it's nice to get that exposure and get more more, more teams in. More competition. And, and we're pretty um, – right now there's probably four teams, four or five teams that are competing because mm-hmm. uh, we were within – we were fourth and we were nine shots out of the first place with the conference. So yep, um, doesn't – a couple bad swings here or bad decisions and you're right there. So it's nice to see that with the conference being being close. I think it will be pretty cyclical. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think you're going to see a dominant team. A, a nice group that compete at the top each time. And, and being able to see a couple of either the tournaments or invitationals uh, this past year, it's amazing to see the competition level. As you alluded to it, like it's Division three, and there are slight differences, but good, bad decisions, risk, cool. reward, yeah, course holes, management, course decision. management, yeah. all those little things that come into play that could get you a couple strokes right. closer to the top of the line. Right. I keep, I keep telling the team, hey, you just every shot counts. Mm. You know, yeah. yeah, it stinks making a double, but that's better than making triple or quad. So, yeah. you know, that double might actually help us win a tournament sometime, or or things like that. And they just don't. I mean, they're kids. I mean, I thought <laughs> the same way when I was in college. You know, you're. 
you're, you're seven over going into three holes and you're going to birdie to two out of the last three to shoot a, a good score. And then you shoot an 84 instead, you know, because yeah. you try to do stupid stuff. Yeah. Try to overwork, not play your game right. or what's going to work to your ability depending on each hole. Right. Yeah. I try to explain that to the kids. I mean, I'm a bunch better player now. I have much more com- experience competing and, you know, so I know better and I, and I was the same, you know, dumb kid you are in college <laughs> trying to do things you're not supposed to be able to supposed to try to do and yeah. giving away shots. So I think with me being able to compete still and play with the guys, it, it also does help Yeah, uh, with credibility. I can go out and, and beat them a lot of the times, if not most of the time. Um, this year might be a little tougher with Jake coming in from uh, from Freedom. <laughs> he's a he's a pretty strong player. He just finished third in the uh, Lehigh Valley Open wow. last week. Wow. With, a, okay. with, with all professionals and yeah um, stuff. So he's going to be a, a good addition. He's going to make me look like a good coach. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the conversations yeah. we've had is like they may be able to drive the ball farther than you, but you're still finishing the hole before they right. are. So as right. long as you're still doing that. Right. Yeah, so it gives credibility, and they listen to you a little bit more. Yeah. So that helps. Kind of that Coach Makovic thing, posting the scorecard up on the wall. Right. Like, here you go. This right. is the three strokes I got you by. That's what's nice about golf. I mean, I can, you know, 10 years from now, I could still possibly be doing that. Yep. You know, where I'm not going to ever go out and beat them on the basketball court right now. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, yeah, one, I'm too small and too slow and, you know, <laughs> you know that kind of stuff. So, so that's what's nice about the sport. What can you do with business phone from Data? Make a conference call from the coffee shop. Or connect from the back nine. With unlimited phone services, 24-hour support, and mobile synergy, our cloud-based technology makes it easy to do business from anywhere. And we do mean anywhere. No more being stuck in the office. Which is great for everyone, I think. Add cloud-based business phone service from Penteladata. Historic Hotel Bethlehem is perfect for any stay. The finely appointed rooms and suites are complemented by excellent dining choices featuring Chef Michael Adams, the tap room for drinks and casual fare, or an upscale dining experience with a view at 1741 on the terrace. For business meetings, visit our executive conference center, stop by our women's boutique for a selection of fashion and jewelry, or grab a cone at our Hotel B ice cream parlor. Historic Hotel Bethlehem is where our history will make the memory of your stay last a lifetime. Are you looking to get your hands on Moravian University Greyhounds gear? Head over to moraviansports.com and click the link sideline store under the tab fan zone to find our Moravian apparel store. Each month, there is a promotion that offers a discount to all things Greyhounds from hats, hoodies, shirts, and more. Head to the Moravian Athletic sideline store today, powered by BSN Sports. So we'll move forward into this past season have two grad students on the team, which is very helpful with Nick Kuhn back, Thomas Licata, and a senior, Will Breslin, you alluded to earlier uh, in the episode. Uh, what was it like to have leadership and in such a older group of guys on the team? It was, uh, it was great for the team. I mean, they were – I mean, the three of them lived together. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Nick would have been – he came back. He, had, he was two years away from graduation, so he was a little bit older. Mm-hmm. So I joked with him about being the old man and all that kind of stuff out there. <laughs> yeah. But just the maturity and making sure you know they were talking to the guys, what the expectations were. If I, if I asked them to do something for me, it was done right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just knew, they knew me well enough. I knew them. I knew things would be taken care of. And we did have a good, you know, TJ was a great freshman that came in. Um, Jason had a rougher, rougher season, but he'll be, I think, getting there. And then you have Andrew coming back as he'll be our senior captain this year. So um, overall, it's a good group of guys. Thomas and Nick and, the, and Will definitely be missed. Um, Nick and Thomas were always in the in the top four. So you know the consistency there is good. Yeah. You know, they've all won individual events. Yeah. Which was um, pretty good. I always joked with Thomas because he didn't have the most, uh, I guess, traditional golf swing. You would say. Mm-hmm. But he would st- he would get the ball in the hole. Yeah, that's, that's at the end of the day, that's I mean, all that matters. He won at Bent Creek, which is a loaded field. There you have F and M who hosts it. They're they're they have three three teams. Their third team beat their first team. So obviously they have a, a deep, deep deep team, very deep team. Um, which I'd love to understand how that happens. But uh, <laughs> I think those guys could start at any other school. And yeah, actually play more. But um, but then Catholic was there and stuff. We finished I think third is third or fourth as a team. Mm-hmm. We always shoot well out there, shooting the 290s usually. Yeah. Um, and usually compete, which is uh, which is good because that's there you're playing against some more national ranked or national playing teams. Mm-hmm. This past fall, kind of back in the swing of things, with coming out of COVID and all kinds of restrictions, golf was kind of the one sport 
that people were able to, to go out and play. I kind of skipped over this, so I'm sorry about kind of going out of order here, but COVID golf was kind of the one thing people could go out and play. So how were you able to kind of coach your guys to get out on the course? Was there a lot of coaxing you had to do to get them out there? Or they were like, this is the one thing I can do. No, they were, they were eager to get out there because then they could be out there and, and, and be kind of, kind of normal. Yeah, exactly. You know, it was the only thing you could really do that was, was normal-ish. It was tougher for me a little bit because we were busier than ever at the golf course. Absolutely, um, yeah. We did record rounds the last few years. Um, but the guys were able to get out there and practice, even though we didn't compete that one fall. Mm-hmm. Um, we still were able to go out and practice on the golf course and get out there and do stuff, which was just nice to get out there and just talk and, hey, yeah. what's going on? And yeah. kind of forget have, about the rest of the world, what's going on out Have there. that interaction yeah. of just, like, what normalcy is. Right but also have parameters and restrictions right. within their own right. And then even that spring, we still were able to – we competed, but there wasn't as much going on. Correct. Well, I guess we had the one-day conference event that year. It was different. Yeah. Because we had to travel on buses and, and things like that, and we only had six guys on a yeah. charter bus. So yeah. I'm um, glad we did for Juniata, though. I didn't have to drive that yeah, one. Yeah, so that, 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 <laughs> that was That was a good timing for Lad, at least. I, I didn't have to drive out to Juniata. But overall, the guys handled it all pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean – it was frustrating for some of those guys because they lost lost a year. Um, now, luckily, Nick and Thomas both came, came back, back. So they um, Nick actually got five years out of it. He just didn't get a conference championship his senior year. Yeah, because it kind of happened to them. He got he got that fall, but didn't get the spring. spring yeah, um, but he got a. He's the only one that ever got five spring break trips out of the out of the team. So, so <laughs> that's he, right. He got that bonus going for him. So I reminded him of that. So when he when he's doing you know gets a job and gets out there to remember Moravian golf team when he, when yeah. he wants to make a donation back that he got that extra <laughs> trip out of it. So absolutely. Uh, so so that was that was kind of neat. But the guys are great. The last few years has been really cool. My son's kind of grown up with the team. Mm-hmm. I mean he's 16 now. There's pictures of him still in the archives and website where he's you know up to waist high on some of the guys and. Mm-hmm. And now he's he's going on spring break trips and enjoying that and yeah. uh, being around them and they're they're like big brothers to him basically. I mean it's I told the parents of the guys who just left. I said it's you know your guys were great. You know they were good role models for my son and and things like that. And that's what it's more about to me. Yeah. You know being here at school is just I tell the parents when they come in. I say I want to make them better people. I want them to be you know responsible adults. Yeah get good grades and then you know if we play great golf along the way that's that's great too but more is that they're respectful and we're not getting in trouble we're not you know getting hearing from oh yeah the, oh yeah the guys in the golf team were doing this or doing that or yeah you know that's just something i have them when they come in they know they're i have them sign a code of conduct that i expect and it's something that they they understand it mm-hmm. um over the years i've suspended uh, the best player for a, for a semester already and yeah for getting in trouble and um, once that happens, it doesn't take long for everybody else to make sure they stay in line or, you know, make sure they're a lot smarter because they obviously th- they think the best player can, can be hit and yep. anybody can be in, get in trouble. So that's – and I think the parents appreciate that. That helps in recruiting for me, mm-hmm. um, especially especially having kids. They know I'm looking at it from a parent perspective. Yeah. It's not just a coaching perspective. And I don't I don't just say I'm going to do it. I will do it. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of so. Accountability but, is huge, especially right. in a sport like golf where it's – Right. It's, it's an honor system out there too. Correct. Yeah, so yeah. being able to hold yourself accountable in the game, but also in life is a huge proponent to what you put into this program. And I know I've speaking to a lot of the coaches so far is it's not always about wins, losses, how you've done at events. There's a personal quality of what you're building like person to person, but golf is golf, but you also want them to succeed in the classroom and be better people when they leave here right. and building that connection, which you have done is amazing to see the type of people that come out of this program and what they do after. Right. Yes, I mean, that's really the rewarding thing of coaching. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, wins and losses are great. You know, that's what you're remembered by or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, get Hall of Fames for or things like that. But that's not really what I don't think most coaches get into it for. Correct. I mean, they all want to win, but we, we want to be good role models, develop good players, good people. And I think that's what's, what's rewarding about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so going back to, to the fall season, you're able to host at Way Hill uh, during the fall for the Moravian Invite. What was that like finally getting back on the course in like a normal setting? Uh, it was great. Um, I mean, it's always great to be able to host something at Way Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty easy to fill the field. You know, <laughs> they, they sign up pretty quickly for that one. But it's always great hosting at the event. And then also having the, the Makovic Cup back again, mm-hmm. that's always great. You know, I still I still remind Coach Makovic that I named the first thing after him. So yeah, and um, the, not only was it's 
the sixth straight victory of the Makovic Cup, so keeping that. Right. And we lost the first two. Yeah, and then and then from there we took we won it all since then. Um, but yeah, so I saw I tell my I you know I named the trophy Adam. I it was a little cheaper than the field, but um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so um, it's great to have something that'll always be in honor of him. Mm-hmm. It could be you know twenty thirty years from now. It's still he's still going to be remembered here at the school for the for the golf program at least for that mm-hmm. um, for everything he's done for it. We also were able to host um, the one outside college event that we were going to play in up at Shawnee. Yeah, that's right. Um, because of Shawnee, we had hurricanes and they had flooding and their bridge was wiped out and yeah. um, they couldn't host up there. So luckily at Old Homestead, I was able to step in and we had some open tea times. Hey, yo, we can squeeze you in for that weekend. And we, and we hosted the event at Old Homestead. That's where some of the connection with being in the business helps. Absolutely. That will, Other than that, I don't think they would have had the event because they couldn't get anybody else to, to, to host it. Yeah. So um, those are things. And we do host the events too. We, we have more control of setup and yeah. Um, if there's weather issues or anything like that, we can. I mean, remember one time at we were hosting Empire Eight. There was so much. We played nine holes. It was pouring. It was supposed to be a 36 hole event. It was raining so hard for the back nine. We had to stop play. Well, because I was the director of golf at the facility, we were able to come out in the morning, finish the back nine play, and then go right into That's the 18 for the. So we got the 36 holes in. That's great. Even with the, with where if you're at another facility that maybe you don't have control of. Yeah, it's a lot harder to what they want you to do. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so those things definitely help. It gives us a third facility to be at, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, we play at Way Hill. We're able to use Bethlehem Golf Club for stuff in the springtime. A lot of times uh, we use the range there, and then guys come up to Old Homestead and play and practice, too. So That's great. Um, so it's nice to have three facilities. And, you know, ours are all fairly close. I mean, Bethlehem's five minutes. Yep. Way Hill's maybe 20 minutes from campus, and then Old Homestead's probably about 35. But that's closer than some of the other programs have for their one facility. But then again, we, you know, we'll have one even closer here coming soon, I'm sure you'll yeah, we'll talk get, about we'll, that soon. Yeah, so, we'll yeah. get to that shortly. Moving into the spring, and you, and we mentioned this uh, glorious weather day at Old Homestead. We're hosting an event. Uh, I think we get the first five groups off the tee, and then it starts to sleet, hail. It was maybe low 40s, I'd say. Uh, I think it was like 38. Oh, uh, yeah, that's. I, think, I, I was trying to be a little generous. But, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, we had sleet. We had coaches calling. We got to... It only sleet for a little bit. They eventually melted on the greens. It, it but did, it wasn't, yeah. Um, but yeah, that that was. It's not uncommon. Yeah, especially in the spring. In the spring. Uh, I remember the one event we hosted um, where we had our, our career low, the two ninety one. That day it was like thirty eight degrees. Yeah. Um, so to shoot two ninety one and thirty eight degrees is is pretty impressive. Yes, to you be know, able to stay within your game and play as well yeah. as they did. Um, but yeah, this year we were up at Glenmara too. That one, we only played nine holes for the first day because it was so cold and snowy and windy and mm-hmm. the coaches didn't think it was worthwhile to stay out there. We cut it to a 27-hole event, mm-hmm. which for us worked out because we won the event. <laughs> Correct, um, yes. But yeah, it's been, this was probably one of the worst springs temperature-wise Yeah. Um, that I've had. I usually hope not I'd have to use my buggy cover and heater when I'm out watching the players, but... Uh, I had to be pulled out a couple times this yeah. year. I like I like it much better wearing the shorts and the golf shirt. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but so we did try. That's why we went south this spring. It's the first time we went. Um, oh yeah, south for an event. Yeah, um, we're going to try to do more and more of that in March when we can get get away a little bit, maybe just because so we can get some some more events in before mm-hmm. we actually hit April. And April's such a hit or miss, miss month up here. Sometimes you don't even get the events in up here. Or they mm-hmm. get, I mean, the courses are still closed because there's still snow melting on the golf courses and. It's a tough spring for Northeast golf. Yes. So we're going to try to travel a little bit more. Luckily, we have enough funding from uh, a lot of alumni that uh, have, have given back, mm-hmm. uh, especially a lot of over 13 years. I have guys that are giving back now and supporting the program. So um, that's always nice to see. The phone is always mm-hmm. interesting to see the list of who they're calling. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'll jump on the phone and talk to some guys. Well, how are they doing? Keeping like, those connections. Just like everybody else, we get busy in life, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't see my friends from college as much as I'd, I'd like to. Yeah. You know, we all have kids. We all have careers. We live different states. And um, it's just hard to, st- to stay in touch with everybody right now. But uh, do the best we can and um, try to stay connected with the alumni. And that's the big thing I try to do. This year, we're, we're going to try to. It didn't, it didn't happen. We're going to try to do something more like a Ryder Cup format. Okay. Uh, so that will probably be on the works for next year. We're nice. bring alumni back, and you know we can have you know certain guys from different decades playing against each. They can play against each other if they're on the same team, because maybe they might like that better. Yeah, than playing against other other teams. But uh, try to bring them back and and do some fundraising component to it. Okay. But it's more for me. A lot of that stuff's about 
the connection, keeping them involved with the program. Yeah, making Not them feel that camaraderie for, of, of yeah. what Moravian yeah. Golf did. Remember the family atmosphere and, you know, Hopefully, even bring Coach Mac out to it. Mm-hmm. But he's not playing as much golf anymore. But uh, at least we can bring him out so the guys can see him and talk to him. And yeah, he he's an excellent person to talk to. I remember covering one of your practices for a season preview. I believe this was my senior year, so 2017. And I we were at Way Hill, and I remember talking to Coach Mac. I don't know for maybe 45 minutes and just picking his brain about literally everything of him being around Moravian for so long and what he's meant to the school for golf and just how he interacted with the student athletes as well is just so refreshing to see that he's sharing his memories and, oh, yeah. and his experience with this group of guys is yeah. incredible. Oh yeah. I mean, he has, I mean, all the years, I mean, he was with a soccer coach for 23 years, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my four years at school, he was the athletic director. <laughs> That's so, right. Yeah. Um, so he was wearing two hats while he was doing that. Um, so it's always, for not being an alum, that I don't think there's many more people out there that love Moravian more than he does mm-hmm. or, or bleed blue um, yeah. and gray. So, um, and, it's just, and you can see that by the reaction of all the players that have played for him. Yes. I think all of us would, would go, through the, through, go through the wall for him mm-hmm. if he needed us to. So that's a, that's a testament to how the man he is, the loyalty that the school has to a lot of the people that are here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of former, I mean, a lot of coaches that are, are here, still here, were coaches when I was in school. Yeah. Uh, John Byrne just retired, but, mm-hmm. you know, he was a coach when I was here, and Mary Beth was a coach, and um, Jeff and I went to school together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot, of, a lot of connection that way, which I think is what makes Moravian Moravian. Yes, absolutely. I mean, Mark has been here, I think, 25 years now, and he's not an alum, but he's... Right. He's so involved with the student-athlete experience and everything he's been able to bring and the experiences for even game days or even covering tournaments, the fact that he was able to live stream a golf invitational. is just incredible to see. And you can, and you can see the passion for it, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you hear from a lot of other schools how golf doesn't get anything. And, you know, other coaches, well, what are they? I said, well, no, I have no problem with our, mm-hmm. our SID I mean, our department. I said, they're always covering stuff for me they're always at the events or if, yeah. they, if they can't be there i get on the cars and they post everything for us and mm-hmm. we're always doing articles and yeah the the conversation even at the the way hill invitational in the this past fall uh, i had a gopro set up getting some video footage of the guys on the tee box and taking photos of every player that was right. there from any from every institution and they were like this is incredible like not tooting our own horn but it, it's it's as simple as us getting just photos of people at a tournament that way those schools have access to promote their programs and i think that's one thing mark has done a very good job of during his tenure is being able to promote each program well too if you see you know mom and dad see you know their son on the on the website and maybe down the road they remember that oh yeah look how they treated him you know Mm -hmm. even if he wasn't the star on the team yeah um he gets treated the same as everybody else and maybe that that keeps loyalty or maybe gets you a donation down the road to support the programs Mm -hmm. or those are the connections you're trying to make. Correct. It's all towards one, I don't want to say goal, but giving one that, that total package experience for the, the student-athletes at this level. And if, all, if we can do that by a press release, a photo gallery, anything like that, just that touch of personalization towards right. the student-athletes and program. And I think just giving them a full experience, mm-hmm. you know, even though we're not D1 or a huge D3 program. We're still getting that, that college experience. I think I've gotten comments from that. I've gotten letters from former players or players that, hey, this, even though we're small, it still feels like a Division One program mm-hmm. or it feels like, you know, it's a real program, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. which I think the players appreciate. And it just gives them a, a total total experience for the, the college experience. Yes. You know, and it's academics and athletics, which is the Division Three model. Absolutely. Uh, we'll touch on a couple of Landmark Conference awards with T.J. Bull uh, being named Rookie of the Year and first team in Landmark Conference. Thomas Licata, Will Breslin also being named to Landmark Conference accolades in the second team. Uh, so talk a little bit about what this past year was like for them. We'll start with uh, Thomas. He was, again, very consistent all year. Uh, I believe all four years we've had the conference that mm-hmm. he's played, he's finished second team every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just it's a tribute to his, his consistency. And he's always been a good leader on the golf course, very personable Never gets too upset, never up or down, you know, mm-hmm. just handles himself properly on the golf course and, and was always a good leader for the team out there. I think him and Nick helped Will a lot this year, mm-hmm. living with him a lot and talking to him more and more, which helped Will get to that position and get on the second team because um, he, he definitely was a talented player. And just cause sometimes, you know, as a kid, just got in his way mentally 
just seeing him grow to where he was this year was was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, he was very very competitive this year, um, so it was, it was good to see those two guys. And then TJ, I expected him to be a, a strong player coming in this year, but he really played. He had a great fall. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, really came out expect you know kind of where we expected him to be, um, and then he kind of struggled a little bit in the springtime with some of the scores. He he just couldn't get away from that one big number. Or, and throw that that one bad, bad score in, which would get him up in the, the 80s or whatever in the scores. So um, it was nice to see him rebound at the conference mm-hmm. um, and even had a chance there for a little bit to win it even. Yeah. Um, but to finish second in the conference um, as a freshman, um, it's very exciting to to see for his future and the, and the team's future because uh, it, it was probably one of – it's probably going to be the toughest setup where he's going to see in four years mm-hmm. in the conference because yeah. it, was, it was a tough setup. It was over – it was over 7,000 yards, par 73. Greens were small, pins were tough. That mentally beats up the kids a lot. And for him to hang in there with that. And be as youthful as he is on the course competitively at the collegiate level to yes. be able to, to rebound and kind of hone in his craft and post the score that he did. Yeah. It's very yeah. exciting. Yeah, he, he did a great job. So, And Nick was right there. Um, he knew where we stood coming in the back nine, so I think he got a little bit more aggressive on some holes than he would have normally to try to force things a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so he missed the second team, which he had a chance at, being, again, being a good leader, being a good team player. Yes. He knew the other guys were doing okay. He, he tried to take a couple of risks on a couple of holes, on a couple of the par fives coming in, and just ended up not, not having a great round, having an okay round. I think he shot like 86 in the second round, something like that. But it just kind of got him out of the top 10 mm-hmm. or 12, I guess that would be. But I know why he did it. Yes. Like it wasn't, he didn't play bad. He just, he tried to, to help the team out. The team out, correct. That team aspect. So, so that was, that's nice to see. It, it wasn't selfish. Like he wasn't trying to just protect it for himself. Yeah. He wanted to, he wanted to try to win it. Fourth place finish in the conference tournament this past season. And uh, a lot to look forward to, although having to replace three seniors, but you alluded to one of the recruits coming in uh, for next year. So what does the next year look like for Moravia men's golf? Um, well, it looks younger. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we lost yeah. some grad students. So, uh, but we do have two two good freshmen coming in. We have uh, Jay Caberstum from Freedom, and then Robbie McNelly coming in. Um, they're both pretty solid players. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake's probably going to be, if he plays the way he can through his career here, he probably can push records here at the school and be probably maybe the best, if not second best golfer in school history yeah in my opinion and he knows brian pretty well he actually gets lessons or, from yeah. brian so so it's interesting to see that dynamic a little bit and we get some players from that because yeah of that uh, but robert's going to be a, a good addition too he's a he plays turn a lot of tournament golf plays some hurricane tour things like that which okay. is what i look for i look for players that are playing more competitive golf mm-hmm. that way they're ready to come in and, and compete right away yeah you know just playing scrambles over the summer and coming in isn't going to get you ready for competition so um, looking at those kind of players, and then we have Andrew coming back is very consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll be his schedule will be a little bit of a struggle this this year because he's a student teaching. teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll try to we do have more a lot more weekend events this fall and the springtime. It might be as long as he's available for conferences and yeah the important stuff. We'll just have to kind of balance that out a little bit as yeah. we can. Andrew also plays. Tennis. tennis yes. So the fact that he's been able to balance everything student teacher wise as well, but also be consistent as much as he was. I think I called him Mr. Seventy Seven for like yeah, four yeah, weeks. Yeah, three in a row there, yeah, yeah. Three or four in a row, yeah. So the fact that he's able to compete at the level he does, the true definition of student athlete for sure. Oh sure, yeah. I mean he's and you know Andrew's a great kid, you know, really smart kid. Mm-hmm. Um, great at golf and, and very good at tennis. Obviously, Andrew, I mean, if you, you know Andrew, he's not the biggest kid. He's not the, you know, he's not the guy you would pick out of the lineup being the, the two-sport athlete and yeah. excelling. So yeah. um, that's what's nice about some of the sports. Yes, so you absolutely. Can, you can do that with golf and tennis. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's been a, he's a great guy for the team. Doesn't get too up or too down. We're going to work on some things this year with him. I'm going to work on chipping. I At Hershey, I, I found out. I, I don't know, don't know how I ever didn't know this as a co- as his coach, but he went to hit a chip shot the one hole and he hit his shot. And I said, well, "Why didn't you use a uh, uh, like a gap wedge or a sandwich?" Oh, I never chip with those. And he's, I only chip with my lob wedge or my my pitching wedge, and I never knew this about him. <laughs> so he's, he's he's skipping two clubs where he could yeah. maybe hit better shots, and so we're going to work on that a little bit this week. There, this, this <laughs> there you go. But, yeah. but that was kind of a funny kind of like. One of those things you just assume. Still learning every day about yeah, the student yeah. athlete. Yeah. Um, those guys will all be pretty good additions here. Um, and we have Jack coming back. He was a, he was a transfer, so he'll be he'll be he struggled a little bit in the spring, but I think he'll be 
back, and we have Sam. Jason could be a good player too. He's he, he's a he's probably one of the top ten ball strikers we ever had on the team. Mm-hmm. He just has to work on some short game and some of the mental side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he'll be a, he'll be that he could be that one solid dark horse. Yeah, that we add to you know Jake and TJ, and then you know with those guys, I expect them to be shooting pretty good scores. Yeah. You know, mid-70s are better. And if we can get the other guys to just be in the 70s, we're going to be competing in almost every event we're in. Absolutely. Um, and Jason's coming off a, a broken wrist. So he's his rehab's all done. He's out. He played the other day. He said he shot a 79 and kind of taking it. might actually help. He might swing a little smoother. Not yeah. After everything is hard. So sometimes, you you know, coming off injuries, it it, it gives you perspective a little bit. Yeah. Uh, makes you appreciate what you're doing a little bit more. And um, so – I'm looking forward to the season with with all the guys. I think it's a it's a group group of guys. And I think our ceilings, you know, it could be anywhere. You know, yeah. you know this could be a team that could win the conference. Um, we just have to tie it all together. Yes. You know, which is always the tough thing. Yeah. You need four guys to play good. You know, yeah. You always have that. So you always get three, or, and then that fourth one falls off a little bit. Or um, so that's that's the toughest thing about golf counting four scores out of five. Yeah, the team aspect yeah. of it. You know, we're compared to others. I mean, some sports you can get away with a, an athlete not performing their best because other people can maybe pick them up or yep. take over the slack or, you know, your star shooter isn't shooting great. Somebody else might hit it that night. You, know, yep. you never know. So that's the tough thing about golf. Everybody's got to compete every night and, and perform every event. Every shot, too. It's right. such a – it literally could come down to one bad ball strike or, you like – it, there's so many minuscule things about golf that could go wrong, but sometimes you get the right bounce, the right roll. Right. There's a lot of things that go into it that make it more than just. Right. Just making putts. That's yeah. The big, I mean, I see that we saw that with the Open Championship. Oh, you know, <laughs> Absolutely. You know, yeah. Rory two putted every hole and you know lost because he couldn't make a putt. But, yep. It's, so you know that's that comes down to it, especially at especially when you're getting a competitive level and you're getting the good players. Mm-hmm. I mean, they generally all hit it good enough yeah it's just a matter who can put it in the hole the fastest correct and that's what i alluded to before with thomas he yeah just, he put it in the hole faster it wasn't <laughs> always the prettiest but it, it got in the hole yep we're at this point now before we wrap up a, a big thing that's coming to moravian is the golf simulator uh which we're current i think it's we're almost there i think we're getting yeah, pretty I'm gonna close go check it out right after this yeah and see well, where we're at um, it, it's incredible to see uh the, the room is turfed with a putting green with multiple holes, we'll have a simulator in there. Uh, brand new lockers. It's going to be a f- just a full room for just golf. Yep. Uh, so how excited are you to kind of have that be brought to Moravian? Where does that put us in the light of other golf programs in the area? Because this is such a very unique, but the the quality that's going into it this. It is going to be better than probably half the D1 programs out there, the facility we're going to have for mm-hmm. an indoor facility. Um, very excited about it. Uh, can't wait to get in there and start working with the kids. I mean, having two different jobs and the time to be with the kids is always a, a challenge. Mm-hmm. Well, this is going to be, I can, we can come into practice at 930 at night if I want. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. We're going to have weather doesn't matter. Weather doesn't matter. You know, I'll, I'll be able to have more time with the team, which is, I'm really excited about. Um, and on campus, that, that aspect you mentioned right. that the student, the student population or student-athlete population doesn't exactly get to see them or know them as well as some other programs that are right. on campus. Now, having that be in Johnston Hall. Right. And it's going to be right past the weight room for the Correct. athletes. And so they'll, 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 I'm sure they'll look, hey, what's this room? And they'll see that it's the golf center, basically. Yeah. We'll have to come up with a name. We don't have a official name I don't, name th- yeah, I don't yet, think we have a name for it yet. we got to come huh? up. But um, it's really going to be pretty cool. Um, having the lockers there to keep the bags in and be able to come in there and practice. And, you know, we're going to have a track man simulator, which is the best out there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, having the flooring where they can practice the putting and chipping and all that kind of stuff. It's been something I've been pushing for ever since I've been here. Yeah. It was a matter of finding time um, and thanking, you know, the Reinhardt family for, for the donation and, and making that happen is mm-hmm. we can't thank them enough for that. Cause it's, it's, it's not a small price. No, um, not at all. So yes. When you look around, you know, with the company that's doing it has, has done a lot of the D1 programs. They mm-hmm. just did Princeton's recently. They did, uh, I know, Wake Forest. I yeah. know. So there's, when you see the quality of it, it's definitely going to help the players get better, but it'll also, I think, definitely in recruiting. Yes. You know, it's like when McEvick Field was completed and it's the center of the, the campus, the lights are on. Mm-hmm. It just gives it that more of a wow factor. So Yeah, that environment, you know, too. Instead of bringing a, a kid into my office that's, you know, four walls, I can, I'm going to open a door and, 
there's like, our golf room. Yeah, here this you is know, where we'll spend time together. Spend a lot yeah. of time together, you know, in the yeah. off season and getting better or when it's raining or I think it's going to be a wow factor. I think it's going to definitely help maybe keep the kids from the northeast here. Yes, because they always want to try to escape south. I'm really looking forward to having okay, we're going to have practice at the courses these days. And because sometimes we can't get down to Way Hill because they have events going on or things mm -hmm. like that. I can say, okay, no Way Hill today or, you know, we'll come, let's come in and we'll meet at an hour and we'll work on some stuff. Or, you know, if some guys have night classes, they can't get to practice. Because for us, practices, we have some, we have set practices, but if you can't make it, you can't make, you know, yeah. academics are first. Yes. We're just going to the golf course and playing golf and practicing. If you can do it some other time during the day, do it. Yeah. I don't necessarily need to be there all the time for that. You know, just like you see the basketball players in here, they, you know, they're, they come in, they put the shooting machine up and they're shooting mm -hmm. off time. And yeah, um, that gives them the capability to do it on campus. Right. Now. It's going to be the same opportunity for them. Yeah. Looks, it's going to look incredible. Yeah. I can't wait to see it's, what it's, it's going to look like. Yeah. It's going to be a huge selling factor for, for your sake, the program, and hopefully get a couple more student athletes our way right. for sure. Yeah, it's going to be the last time I looked at it, the lockers had just gotten here. So that space, to give the viewers and listeners, that space was used. It used to be a dance studio in the back of Johnston Hall. So that's what it was until this past year. Athletic Communications, Mark and I were able to use that as a media room. So we took uh, headshots, green screen photos, anything like that. We did some interviews back there. Now it's being transitioned into this golf room. It's amazing to see the progression. It doesn't even look like it was anything else before. Like, it, it right. looks... It looks Excellent. like it was meant to be that. Yes. Exactly. And it, the the fact that it's going to... And it's a big, I mean, it's a big space. It's 20 by 40. So, I mean, it's it's not where we're just... A lot of schools put them in like old racquetball courts. Yeah. Where you just have the simulator. Yeah, no, this is a full-blown... There's going to be some chairs there for the guys to hang out and, mm -hmm. and maybe do some classwork while they're hanging out there too. Or yeah. It's kind of going to be their, their home away from home on campus. Yes. Especially Finally give them some place that feels like their own on campus. Right. Yeah, they're going to get more connectivity to the, to the college and, and things like that, which will be really, really cool. Absolutely. Well, Kevin, thank you for spending some time with me on this episode of the Hounds Huddle Podcast. Getting to kind of reflect on your time as a student athlete here, all the way from Riverview and being a part of the transition of that, all the way to now Old Homestead and coaching, heading into your 13th season as the head coach of the men's golf program. So I appreciate you taking time and catching up with me. Always enjoy a conversation with you, and thanks for doing All this. Right, thanks for having me, LJ. You know, and as always, it's always a great day to be a hound. I had a great time talking with Kevin Edwards, the Moravian men's head golf coach. We had the opportunity to reflect on his past as a student athlete, working as a club pro, and finishing his 12th year at the helm of the Greyhounds men's golf squad. Be sure to follow the golf program on social media at Hounds Golf on Twitter and at Moravian Golf on Instagram. And if you haven't done so already, go ahead and follow Moravian University Athletics as well. That's all I have for you on this episode of the Hounds Huddle Podcast. Until next time, I am LJ Smith, signing off.